Welcome to the podcast, Life to the Fool, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. Where we learn to forgive in that home. Hello, ladies. Good to be with you again. Uh, we're recording this the day after Thanksgiving, and what a wonderful Thanksgiving we had yesterday. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. It's such a great time of the year, isn't it? The forecast for the weather here was going to be cold and especially down to zero as we came into the evening. But amazingly, we had this glorious day. It was beautiful, sunny. We were just warm the whole day. It was so great. And we were concerned about that because we are now too big to have it at our home. Um, we have up till the last year and this year, we used to have it in our big uh, social room. We could fit about 85 for a sit-down meal. But now we, of course, the family keeps growing and more people keep coming. And uh, so now we have it over at the wedding barn uh, on Serene and Sam's land. And so this year, I think we would have had well over 120 people for a beautiful sit down meal and uh, it was so great we just had a feast didn't we by the way I've got uh, I've I've got here um Alison Hartman with me um every time Alison and the family come to stay we always do a podcast together so So here here we are hi Alison so good to be here yes we love love it and podcasts are always our favorite thing to do together Yes. But anyway, um, I have to tell you about our Thanksgiving. Although, if you've listened to me before, you'll know what we do because we are just traditional. Uh, We do the same thing every year, but there's something about tradition, isn't there? So we have a big feast and um, lots of turkey and lamb, of course. I cooked a big lamb in one oven and a turkey in the other oven and my uh, two of our sons brought lamb we usually have a competition to see mm. whose is the best and I actually I hate I hate conceding but I think <laughs> Stevens was great it was did you best. taste it it was amazing oh it was unbelievably amazing yes he's a great cook and uh, he is actually known I'm just about going to say the world over, but not quite the world over. And his sphere of influence, which is a big sphere um, as manager of the Newsboys, but um, he's always asked to come and cook his lamb Mm. chops at any special occasion. And there's absolutely nothing like them in the whole of the world. Mm. Um, Anyway, we didn't have the lamb chops for Thanksgiving. Um, I think he was saying, he was sharing with me at Thanksgiving that he has quite a number of, you know, festivities at this time of the year coming up. And he said, you know, the other day he had to go and buy lamb chops and only spent about $500. (laughs) They are expensive. So we would have had about four lamb roasts and all the other things. And then after our eating together we always have speeches and or toasting and we love speeches we are a family of speeches so that's always so great for people to get up 
and share something of the goodness of God and, mm. and uh, what, you know, the great things that we have to be so thankful for. And uh, then we go outside, praise the Lord. It was so warm and beautiful and we yes. had our tug of wars. Wasn't that fun? Oh, that was so fun. So <laughs> fun. We had the dads versus the sons. Oh, yes. The moms versus the daughters. And then, yes, oh, goodness. the children. Well, for many years, of course, the dads could just outdo oh, the, yeah. the sons. But then it got to these strapping sons yes. growing up, and then they would always beat the dads. But this year, the dads beat the sons. That's right. That's How did right. that happen? Well, there might have been a, a, bit of a, a little cheating going yeah. on. We might have had a son come join the dad's side. <laughs> Anyway, but that was pretty amazing. Everybody just, it's very fierce competition, yes, of course. Yes. And then an egg toss. My goodness. Oh, wasn't the that biggest fun. egg toss I've ever seen. The line just kept going on. Yes, <laughs> yes. And that's always such mm. fun. And then they got on again to arm wrestling. Did you see the arm wrestling? I didn't, wrestling? but oh, I heard about it. Oh, you missed it. it. Oh, goodness me, I couldn't believe it. These guys, they're all so tough. They're so strong and they all work out. And man, to see them. Did you girls see that? You did, wasn't it something else? And I mean, they were just going red in the faces. They were just, you know, who was going to win? And... um anyway then it got to I thought Arden would win but no and then it got to Rocky Barrett Pearl's this is Pearl's son and you know he's been working out a lot lately and I just didn't know how strong he had got and mm. he sat there like a big chief at the table waiting for the next person to come and 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 they came okay because they thought oh well we'll beat Rocky and he just went I mean, there wasn't even a struggle. He, he just put their arm down like that. Okay. <laughs> so the next one came. Bonk. Okay. Just waits there for the next one. Next one comes. Bonk. Oh, nobody would come after that. <laughs> so amazing. he was the winner for this year. So we'll see who wins next year. So fun. <laughs> oh, so yes. Fun. But it was a lot of fun. We just so love it. And... um. Anyway, um, yes, yeah, so now uh, we've been, you know, getting to see one another quite a bit this mm. year because we have the retreats. We have three retreats a year in Panama City that Alison and her husband Daniel uh, organized for us. So they're coming up. Well, it's getting close to yeah. our first one. Tell us all about them. Yes, yeah, so our winter retreat is in January. Um, we started doing January retreats because our April retreat just got so big and we just couldn't handle all the people in the main room. So um, it's kind of nice. The winter retreat actually last year has, has probably become my favorite because it was smaller. You really could get to know people. It was very spiritually challenging. Um, the young people were just on fire. It was wonderful. So this year it's January 3rd through the 10th. Yes, um, so it's really straight yes, after it really Christmas. Is right after New Year's. But hardly time to think. And I know. <laughs> and so the the uh, the advantage of coming in January is the rates are low because yes, it's off yes. season. And so, um, but we do have room for a few more families, um, but it'll be a fourth of the size of our main camp. But mm. it's really nice, really yes. nice. And then our um, next retreat after that will be our big, huge April retreat. And... Um, Last year, we had close to a 1,000 people. 
uh, about 120 families. So it's, uh, you know, there's, there's something powerful about the numbers and what a neat way to just meet other like-minded families. Mm. And as you see, the hilltop has become, uh, kind of a, uh, place where so many of these families have come to settle. And they're just, it's so neat. When we come up, all the friends and all the young people that they've met each other at camps, they just become, you know, they're just back at their friendship. So it's just, just really special. Oh, yes, yes. It's so wonderful. And if you want to find out about it, we've got our own website, website. the Gulf Coast Above Rubies uh, com. They can find it there, find it on your website. Um, So yeah, definitely, definitely get, uh, get registered. Yes, and people come, families come from all over the mm. States, even as far as Canada. They do. We've had them from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just people around Florida. It's um, people just come from everywhere. What so, an amazing Christmas present that would be for your family. I can't think mm. of anything better. Having time yeah. on the Gulf at the beach, uh, mm. meeting other like-minded, amazing families. Just We have so much fun. Mm. I mean, it's great teaching. Really encouraging teaching, but we really do have a lot of fun. Yes. So you maybe want to put one of those on your calendar. That would be great. And then recently we had our last ladies retreat for Mm. the year. Um, We seem to be having more family camps these days, but it was great to have a ladies retreat right here in Tennessee. And Alison came up for that one and she also did a seminar. In fact, um, I think we should talk about some of those things today, Alison. Mm. Uh, her subject was raising children to be adults. Mm. Often we just think we're raising children to be children. But no, uh, Alison's vision is not just to raise her children to stay children, but raising them to be adults. Mm. So we're going to get on and talk about that today Mm. that let's start right now yeah let's do it let's do it you know um i've shared this before and i'll I'll start by saying that um you know something we my husband and i heard uh several years ago that's really stuck with us is as parents our goal should be that our ceiling meaning the highest that our family our life gets is just our children's floor so it's, it's our ceiling becomes their floor. Now, some people will take that as, you know, that sounds like you're enabling. Um, and, and, and that's not, you know, enabling can be negative, but I look at it as a positive. We want to spring, uh, springboard our children to be successful. And I think um, the way we do it is by raising adults. And, um, you know, not, and, and that doesn't start, when they're teens or young people, that starts early, early on. Um, and so, you know, I, I want to put into your, um, you know, inspire, encourage uh, you guys that it's, it's very possible to raise adults, um, but you have to start young. I see a lot of, um, uh, in, in our culture, I feel like we're raising a bunch of consumers. We're raising uh, children uh, and the way that we're doing it, we don't even realize it. Uh, you know, we, we 
baby talk our children. We do everything for them uh, instead of, you know, letting them really get in and, and, and cook a meal and, and help with housework. We tend to want to, hey, you guys go outside and play. Let mommy do this. Well, if we're raising adults and we're raising mothers and fathers, then we need to allow them to do adult-like things and, and mommy and daddy things and not do it for them. And so how, what does that look like? Well, um, in my home, and again, I can only speak for our family. You know, we're self-employed. We, we run a very, very um, busy, successful photography studio. Um, but then we also have many, many other streams of income. Whatever we do, we include all of our children no matter their age. So I don't believe that just because they're the baby or they're, they're the little ones that they should be excluded. Everyone should, should have something to do. Now, sometimes you have to be intentional about this. You have to think of a job, mm. um, but it's worth it. And so uh, we'll start by talking about little ones, you know, with, uh, with even three and four and five-year-olds. Okay, so tell, your, tell everybody the ages of your children from top to bottom so my oldest is 24 mm. uh she's expecting her second uh child and then all the way down i have a 21 year old 20 uh 19 year old 17 15 uh 14 12 10 oh goodness let me think seven <laughs> five three Yes. Um, now, little Sarah, she's three. three. Yes. So, okay, you were saying even little ones. Mm. Well, what kind of things would you get Sailor to do? Yeah, so, you know, if we're doing housework, um, you know, the the we don't clean... We don't clean house separately. We always clean as a Everything team. Everything you do, you Everything do together. Everything we do as a family, it, we do mm. it together as a team because we are a team. You know, my husband is the head coach. Um, I'm the assistant coach and all of our children. So every morning we have a team meeting and a family meeting and we, we figure out what our day is going to look like. Um, but yeah, I mean, even if you just have them go around the house and pick up all the garbage cans and dump them in the main garbage can or here's a can of Windex, I need you to go wipe down all the windows or wipe down all the baseboards, you know. And, and the thing about it is... Like you would give a job like that to To a three-year-old. Yeah, three yes. or uh, the five-year-old, you know, mm -hmm. take this and I want you to wipe down all the baseboards, you know, because that's not really something they can mess up, no. but they feel like they're a part. Mm. Um, and, and, and folding towels. So every... I haven't touched laundry in years. I don't think I've been in my laundry room in probably seven to 10 years. I don't touch laundry. Now they might bring me a basket of laundry while I'm, you know, of my stuff and I want to make sure it's folded, but you have to, uh, you know, and, and, and I don't have a real particular way of doing it. So I don't get upset if my five-year-old folds towels you know, not the know. perfect that, way. That's, that's something you really have to rearrange your Correct. brain. Correct. Because, you know, I, I'm sort of like to have everything just yeah. perfect. And yeah. that's, that you've got to get that right. out of your brain. You really do because <laughs> it does, does it really matter? Does it really matter how the full, you know, the towels are folded? If your five-year-old did them, you know, he is so proud of himself. But again, you've got to remember you're raising an adult. So what do we want our daughters to, you know, do we want them to be functioning 
good fun- functioning adults or do we want to have them stuck in little you know little baby land to where they're going to then expect other people to do things for them that's where we're at in our culture you've got young people that don't you know or making phone calls i never make phone calls to customer service if i have my 12 year old or 15 year old sitting next to me here take the phone make this phone call call and tell them that we need to order this and that here's my credit card you know so again we're raising adults um in the kitchen uh i would say from seven six seven and up they should be able to make just about anything in the kitchen now it might burn it may not taste great but you're training them to be an adult when they do do a good job praise them you know mckenna was three and she could she's my oldest she could make my bed perfectly because i raised her to do it at three now the first time she did it, it wasn't great but the second time it was a little better and then the third time she could make it perfect and so so spring forward she's now 24 she's running a you know she photographs over 20 schools she teaches uh babies to swim she's an isr instructor she's a mother she's so capable but we didn't start when she was 15. we started when she was three you know Mm -hmm. raising her to be always giving them big big people jobs and some people may say whoa there's no way a you know a 10 year old can do that kind of no they can't um So, and the neat thing is, um, we are able to have several streams of income because we count on our children to run our business. Uh, so we have a photography business. We also run farmers, two farmers markets. We also have an Airbnb. Uh, we also, uh, our vendors at our market. We also have a coffee shop, um, and on and on and on. And the way we're able to do this, see, we believe that the Bible says, uh, divide your substance to seven parts, even to eight, for you don't know what evil will come upon this land. And and when it's when it talks about that, it's talking about diversifying. It's talking about not having all your eggs in one basket. And I know many of you might say, well, my husband has a job. He's a he's a um, you know a a teacher. Well, that's fine, but there's no reason why you cannot raise children to have their own vision and have their own be entrepreneurs. And um, what we feel is, you know, I do, and this is another thing that's so crucial, mothers, listen to me, only do what only you can do. Do what you do best and delegate the rest, okay? So do what you do best, delegate the rest. And when I mean that, I mean delegate everything that your children can do. Um, so that may sound like, wow, I, I, I mean, d- that leaves almost nothing. Well, yeah, there's <laughs> mothers that have children that are capable. They shouldn't be uh, mopping the floors and sweeping. Now, yes, we do it when they're young because we train them. But once you've trained them to do it, then that allows you to be able to do the things that they can't do. So what are some things that my children can't do? Well, we don't allow them to be on the phones. So I'm the only one that has access to the internet. Well, my boys, they are 17 and 15 and 14. They run grass volleyball tournaments. So when they're putting on a volleyball tournament, what is the things they can't do? Well, they can't make $50 
uh, they can't advertise online because I don't allow them to be on the internet. So I do that for them. Um, they don't have phones to where they can communicate with people. Well, I'll do that for them. They don't drive. So I'll do that for them. You know, if I need to order something, I'll, you know, I'll let them do the talking, but they're using my phone to do it. So you think about what is things that you can do, you do those. But if they can do it, let them do it because you're training them and they're going to be, um, you know, so now I've, I've got a bunch of, um, other adults in my family, even though they may look young to the world, they're so capable. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that's why we're able to do as much as we are. But again, I think the, the, the word that I'm thinking that's so critical is intentionality. You have to be intentional as a mother. So be intentional who you allow your children to hang around. Mm. And that's another thing. You've got to, you know, put your children with people that you want them to be like. So if they're hanging around young people that are lazy, looking at, you know, being on the TV all the time, playing video games all the time, that's probably not what you want them to be. So don't allow those friendships to, to be beyond just, you know, hanging out a little bit. You don't want them to spend lots of time with people that you don't want them to be like. Mm. Um, and so that may mean that they're hanging out with a lot of adults and that's okay. Um, so you want them to be leaders, not followers. And um, I feel like we've done that with our children. Mm. And it's interesting, you know, they, they will start choosing friends that you want them to be around the longer you input that into them, if that makes sense. Um, if you raise your children to be entrepreneurs and good work ethic, they will never be without a job. Okay. True. You yeah. see that a lot in our world right now. You see mm. a lot of unemployed fathers, mm. you know, they, they're, they're good at a few things, but they don't have that work ethic. And I believe it's because we didn't, they didn't get uh, taught. They weren't taught at a young, young, young age, you know? So I don't baby talk my children. I don't do things for my children. Now, yes, am I a mother? Yes. It's okay to mother your children, to nurture your children, but don't misunderstand nurturing with babying your children, you know? And, and I, I just, I, sometimes you can misunderstand what I'm saying. We love to have fun together. You know, I believe a family that plays together stays together. But I really believe that a family that works together will never be without income. And, you know, we, we do, uh, we've been very successful financially with our business, uh, but we've allowed our children to take part in that. And so they have such pride in the fact that they are, they're mm. making really good money. Um, mm. None of them have gone to college. Uh, we, we did college for one semester for one of our daughters, but now she, you know, she can make a hundred, hundred plus an hour doing what she's doing with no college education. Oh, yes. I, I think this, you know, a lot of, um, even homeschooling families will homeschool their children and, and, you know, be watching over their education and mm -hmm. then can't believe it send them off to college yeah. thinking they absolutely need it whereas today well there may have been a time years and years ago where they would have got mm. a, a really perhaps good and prepar preparatory education for life but today right. 
they they're just brainwashing them with socialism and progressivism and and that's what they're going to come out with their brains full of mm. i mean you just look at what is happening today with the young people um of our nation mm -hmm. they are pro-palestinian pro-hamas pro-abortion pro-homosexuality pro-transgender it's all just brainwashing but i don't even people. know if they've been researching it themselves no, they haven't. i think they're just, oh, they're they're just no it's just been brain right. brain whatever brainwashing. whatever what their is. influence is telling them to think that's what mm. they think and yes. you know interestingly my husband has a master's i have a bachelor's so we got the college education but we are, you know, I used to think college was just a neutral subject. Well, now, after seeing what I'm seeing in our world, you couldn't convince me mm -hmm. to send our children to college. I was at a funeral last weekend, and I was talking to this young man, and I said, uh, what are you doing? And he, he said, I'm going to college for, uh, with a, for a business degree. I said, oh, wow, I bet you have a great business you're planning on starting. I said, what are you doing afterwards? Because he was almost finished. He said, I have no idea. Yeah. Well, and I just looked, I thought, oh, what, what are you doing? Why are we going to college to learn how to run a business? If you want to teach your children to run a business, mm -hmm. you, you start let, them, running a business. let them run a business. Yes. And if you don't know what that looks like, call me. I'll be glad to help you figure out something. There are so many amazing ideas that you can help your children. I'll just list a few. Um, okay, before you get Yeah, go that, for it. Um, I'm thinking, you know, what you said there about if, if they, you know, interested in business, find a business. I mean, if they're that interested in, in going to be in business, well, surely they've got some idea or some vision of what they'll want this to do. This young man could not think of one thing. I know. So he just went to college for the sake sure. of it. Yeah. But you've got to have a purpose. So, um, okay, you start that business and then, oh, maybe you find you need to learn a few more things. Mm. Well, then you can do an online course and sure. learn it. You Absolutely. don't actually have to go to college and waste all that time and money. And often that is the best way to get started into what your vision is and then find, oh, wow, well, I do need to know some more things here. Then take mm. a course in it. Do right. it online because you will really learn because it's what you need to know to be successful. Mm. Whereas you go to college and you haven't got a vision, you're just learning stuff. It's not really applying. It's like I've been thinking lately. This is a bit off the subject and we'll get back. But I've been thinking about premarital counseling. Mm. We've done a lot of premarital counseling. But, you know, I... I what I've observed is that many times the couple are so much in love and really they don't think they need any marital counselling and even all the stuff you tell them. It really, it's only till they're married mm. and then beginning to work it out in their lives. I think that some post um, counselling marriage would be better so mm. that, then, you know, they get married and then they feel, help wow well we need some help here and i'm th think you know um it's better post when they're thick of it to really know what they need mm. and so that's with education too you know yep. to just go into college with no vision and no thought of what you're going to do it's not really going mm. to benefit you the same you may come out with a degree but that doesn't mean 
anything mm-hmm. either. I mean, I have talked to many businessmen who said that, you know, college students coming out with a degree doesn't mean anything today to them to employ them yeah. because they've found that they're lazy and they don't know how to work. Mm-hmm. He said, we'd rather get a young man who is, uh, he's got a desire to work and a desire to be successful and teach him from scratch and he That's does right. so much better. What I think is so much more productive with our money and time, this is something we just recently discovered and really it's been a neat connection with the Above Ruby's family camps. Um, we have had many, I would say almost four different people come stay with us send their young people to come stay with us to learn the trade of photography to learn the trade of running a coffee shop to learn uh how to run a farmer's market to learn how to run a big family and these are other amazing families but what they don't do well they found that we do well so they sent their young people to us well what a brilliant idea. So you find a family that uh, does a trade. Well, guess what? You send your son who wants to learn that trade and, and go live with them. Go stay with them for a month. Work for them for free so that they can learn that trade. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about Cedar. So mm. Cedar, your grandson, he's married to my Hallie. Well, you know, if you really look at his his schooling, his homeschooling, you would say, wow, he didn't probably finish some great huge curriculum. But let me tell you, I just hired Cedar to remodel my house. We did a $40,000 remodel of my house and I paid Cedar to do it all. Paid him really well to, to do it all. But he did everything with excellence. Okay, he'd never been a day in his life to college, never been a day in his life to a, a school to learn how to tile and, and build things. And, um, you know, he did such an excellent job and he made excellent money, okay? Not only was he able to, to make good money and remodel my house, but then I let my boys, instead of doing school for three weeks, sitting down, learning from books and reading about math and doing math problems. They worked for Cedar for three weeks. Oh, they worked and they learned and they learned and they worked. They did math. They did science. They did, you know, they, they learned the school of work ethic because he had them up early. He had them figuring up supply lists. Then they had to go shopping for it. Then they had to build a de- design and come up with plans. And uh, my Asher went, he's 15. He went and worked with Cedar. They built an outdoor bathroom for a family, um, you know, making $65 uh, an hour, which for a 15-year-old and a 20-year-old, that's decent money, right? It's a good starting income, 65 an hour. Um, so, but, but they didn't get a degree for that. No. But they, they, it's, it's just now, so. Now, you said something else. Yeah. You said he did that in three weeks, remodeled your Remodeled house. my house in if three weeks. If you had hired people, oh, it, could it have, would not have been done no, in three weeks. No. We have a 3,400 square foot house. They emptied every single room, bedroom, bathroom, retiled. We did porcelains tile throughout the whole house, repainted everything, did batten board, redid my fireplace, um, painted all my furniture and cabinets. 
Um, so I can't my house, wait to come and see oh, it. Oh, it's amazing. It's gorgeous. White walls, black cabinets, uh, solid wood flooring with the, the porcelain tile that looks like wood. It's gorgeous. But, you know, Cedar didn't go to school to learn this. He just came up with it because his father and mother taught him to work when he was three. Yes. Does that make yes. sense? So oh, if you're yes. raising adults, see, it's so beautiful. Sam would, I mean, they didn't have time to do a lot of schooling. Right. <laughs> because right. Right. from little young men, I mean, he would give them the list of what had to be done that day. And when, he, when he got home, it had to be done. And yeah. uh, it was all amazing stuff, mm. you know, and it was real man stuff and, right. and building. And, and often I think but, they, they but, just had to work it out. But now Hallie, as a wife, is benefiting yes. from the fruit of their labor. So mm. Sam and Serene poured time. You know, they didn't maybe sit down with a, a book and teach him how to, you know, diagram a sentence. But they taught him how to work. How to, when you do what you, when you say you're going to do something, you do it. Mm. So not only does he have uh, a good work ethic, he keeps his word. He, he knows how to, um, you know, when we're working, a lot of times when you're working for a customer, you can, you can cut corners. You can mm. do a shoddy work because most times they're not going to know everything. Well, guess what? You can tell with Cedar and my boys, they've been taught how to work unto the Lord. Mm. You know, my husband used to be a painter and I used to say, why are you worried about the little details? Your customer's never going to see it. Just hurry up and get it done. And he said, Allison, I'm not working for that customer. Oh, I yes. work because I, I, I you know, do everything, uh, wh whether you're eating or drinking, do everything to the glory of the Lord. Yes. And that's what we've got to teach our children. Yes. And so, you know, if you're out there and you're, you're struggling with, oh, did I get all my curriculum in? And I feel like I'm always behind. You know what? Teach them how to work, mm. and they will never be without a job. Oh, and, uh, you know, that all goes back into, you know, the whole raising adults and um, being intentional, do things as a family, come up with a project. Um, I really think it's just a really neat idea to uh, send your children to other people's families when they're, you know, when they're older, maybe in their teens, and spend a month with them. Find someone that you say, oh, I'd love to have my children learn how to farm. Well, we don't have a farm, so send them off to someone. Mm. I mean, that's, that's better than going off to college. Oh, yes. Now, you also said, you know, you run two farmer's markets, but okay, and you have people who come to you to learn how to do it, but where did you learn how to do it? You just suddenly thought of the idea. I do. I do. I have lots of ideas in my head. And um, I've always been a, you know, Colin calls me a mover and a shaker. I try not to just sit and dream and think of things. I, I think of an idea and then I just make it happen. Um, yes, my favorite saying, things don't just happen. You have, have to, to make, make them, them happen. happen. Yes, yes. And so, you know, we had the idea. We wanted our children to be able to sell things. Well, uh, you know, there wasn't really a good, healthy environment for that. There is a farmer's market in our town, but it's run by the city. Um, it's very liberal. They allow products that I would never want my children to even be around. And so instead of coming up with excuses, oh, well, we don't really have that, so you're not going to be able to. I just made it up. 
And so we started a farmer's market in our town, and now we have over uh, 50 to 60 vendors every single Saturday. We run two. We do a Thursday night and a Saturday morning. Um, and so it's just a great opportunity for our children to get to sell their plants, their produce, their, their eggs, their kefir. Uh, we sell a little bit of everything. Um, but what a great, I mean, you want to you treat, uh, raise a businesswoman and a businessman, allow them to be a part of a farmer's market, have a table set up and selling and communicating. My nine-year-old can communicate with an adult better than most adults. She can re, you know, uh, what she's selling. Oh, well, she'll sell kefir. She'll sell eggs. She sold, um, oh, what we did caramel apples the other day. We got apples from our Mennonite friends and then we made healthy, uh, caramel apples. She sold out of them. It was incredible. She sold them for $6 a piece. What? $6 for one caramel apple, you know? And I thought, I don't even care if she sells one. The, the experience she's getting mm -hmm. to get to speak and talk to an adult, look at them in the eye. How many mm -hmm. young people, children, cannot look an adult in the eye, That's shake true. their hand, yes. be confident? What are you selling? I'm selling caramel apples. Well, tell me about your apple. Well, they're, you know, they're tree picked, uh, they're tree ripened. Uh, they don't have pesticides on them. This is the ingredients we put in them. It's just, it's an incredible thing. Um, and so we and just, so when she sells kefir, she'll yes, explain all she does. About yeah, them, yeah, all yeah. the benefits. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So I, I did a. Did she tell them the story about you? Yes, yes. So <laughs> when I was in Israel, I got Giardia, which was not fun at all. For eighteen months, I had just awful, terrible symptoms from diarrhea and just awful, awful stuff. Well, kefir was what solved my problem. And so after uh, spending thousands on oh, thousands remedies. of dollars, yes, I did a prescription that was $2,000 and it didn't even touch the Giardia. Um, but kefir knocked it out. And so women, ladies, older ladies, they'll come up and say, what's kefir? And my nine-year-old will sit there and say, well, my mother had diarrhea for 18 months and it got rid of it. And, you know, their mouths are like, what? You know, it's <laughs> hilarious. But she'll sit there and sell a $10 jar of kefir to them. And they'll say, oh, I have terrible gut issues. And they'll buy their kefir. But, you know, it's setting them up for success. And again, I, I, I only do what only I can do. So what do I do? I drive her there. I drive her to the store to get the supplies. I help her get all of her things, but then she does it all herself. I'm not going to package up the kefir. Why? Because my nine-year-old can do it herself. Yes. Amen. Well, time has gone. Oh my goodness. Oh. <laughs> such, a, <laughs> such a fun subject. Yes. Well, Lord, we just thank you so much that we can share about these practical issues of life together. And Lord, we pray for every mother, wife, child, listening pray your blessing on them pray lord that these seeds of truth will just ignite in their hearts and uh, just open ideas of creativity and uh, lord what they can do for their precious children lord give each one a vision that they are raising lord adults children who are going to one day be fathers and mothers and uh, young men who will be providers of the home and and uh, 
help us to even be thinking about these things now to prepare them, Lord, that we will be faithful preparers of our children for life and, of course, eternity, which is the greatest of all. In the name of Jesus.